This is Mike Edelhart, and I'm here with another edition of Inception, our podcast about beginnings, the beginnings of uh, companies, new ideas in science, uh, tech, finance, and sometimes even a little glimpse of the future. And today I'm here in New York City with Igor Talatnikov of Alpha Point. Great to be here, Mike. Thank you. Why don't we start by having you actually explain what it is you do and maybe what it is you did at the beginning and what it is you do now. Yeah, absolutely. So so at AlphaPoint, uh, we've been building infrastructure for the digital asset, blockchain, and cryptocurrency industry for over six years. Uh, at the beginning, really what the problem we saw was there weren't appropriate marketplaces for these digital assets. You know, they couldn't scale. They had a lot of uh, security and other issues. We saw a need for local on-ramp and off-ramps, you know, regional exchanges that could give people access to this new asset class, which back then it was very, very difficult to get to, to buy your first Ethereum or Bitcoin or other type of token, app token. We've actually uh, expanded what we do a bit beyond just providing the marketplace. We also now provide the ability to tokenize assets. So we have customers that are using our technology to tokenize real estate or loyalty points or other types of assets, capital raises uh, for companies, uh, so that that token then from the inception of, you know, say, private stock in a company could become tradable, could provide liquidity options for investors, for employees, for founders alike earlier than than traditionally. So when you say real estate or even a financial transaction is tokenized, Mm -hmm. so exactly what do you mean? If the purpose of this is to create liquidity, how would it do it in a way that money, money wouldn't? I mean, really, finance is digital already, right? So, you know, one big question is why blockchain? How is it different? Why is it different? And and I think the fundamental change with, with blockchain technology is that it does not require trust between the parties to transact, right? So typically, we, we pay banks a fee or clearinghouses a fee to establish that trust and take on that liability, whereas in blockchain, the network creates this trustless process to transact and uh, transact value. So, you know, in speaking about tokenizing real estate, what it's really doing is creating a uh, a token that, you know, instead of just like digital e-money that you have somebody that can just replicate that a million times, with blockchain what it does is it prevents that double spend problem of, you know, I take a digital image and I can email it to 40 people. Well, with a token you can only send it once to one person, right? So as the owner uh, with a very clever private public key encryption method, anybody who has the private key can unlock the tokens and send them somewhere. And then you can send it to anybody else's public address. So Bitcoin really invented this concept of blockchain and tokenization. And now it's being applied to other assets, you know, leveraging that trustless uh, factor. And this universe has changed a lot. I mean, it was non-existent, and then it was sort of mystical and weird, and then it seemed to be everywhere. And now uh, there, we seem to be a little bit in the, uh, you know, winter is coming period. What's your point of view on that, and what's the impact that's had on uh, you guys as the world outside has sort of changed around you? Over the last six years, it's interesting, right? I think six years ago, it was all kind of cryptocurrencies, then there was a phase where the cryptocurrency market with some large exchanges getting hacked and the price really kind of coming down significantly. There's this 18 month period of crypto winter 
where every cryptocurrency company became a blockchain company overnight. During our journey, you know, we certainly started to dabble in blockchain. That's where the evolution of our tokenization product came from. Uh, but that time, this is around 20, 2015 or so, every enterprise thought blockchain would solve all of their problems, right? Hey, have a problem with, you know, keeping track of any kind of data in any kind of database, blockchain's the solution. And I, and I think there was a period of time where there was a tremendous amount of money spent on that. <clears throat> and there was a lot of learning where, well, blockchain doesn't really solve problems and introduces new types of problems like data bloat. Like if you only really need not very, not very important data, do you really want to replicate that a million times over hundreds of thousands of nodes around the world? Probably not, right? So it really taught during that period what parts of blockchain technology were interesting uh, and should be developed upon. And it really introduced this concept of smart contracts and starting to have trustless decentralized blockchains actually process complex transactions like a contract between two parties, an escrow agreement. And that's really where tokenization is, is going, is where you have these more sophisticated contracts between parties. Think about a lease and having that in as code on, on online. So we saw that period, we saw uh, after kind of the enterprise blockchain phase, kind of a turn back to the, the core and the roots, you know, of you have now Fidelity offering cryptocurrency custody accounts. You have the New York Stock Exchange investing in backed. There, there has been a big shift back to kind of the core underlying benefits of you know, cryptocurrencies and digital assets. Uh, there's still things happening in enterprise blockchain, but we've seen a lot of that investment really shift back to the financial transactions and more sophisticated financial transactions versus trying to reconcile like, all data back office functions with blockchain, which proved to be quite burdensome. You said something along the lines of, this is all starting to look a lot like banking and not like the alternative to banking or the radical shifted future of banking, but banking. Yeah, I think what we've seen recently with the DeFi movement, decentralized finance, uh, we see a lot of the functions of banking getting recreated within this space, within the blockchain and digital asset space. And Bitcoin's was the killer app for really payment transfer and kind of trustless transfer of value. There are new applications that I think are pretty killer apps of essentially providing the services of a bank without the bank in the middle. Uh, and there, there's some very old banking type functions that are now being recreated within uh, this decentralized finance sector that I think is really the next wave of what's going to happen in the coming years. Is this then, in that sense, less revolutionary than everybody might have thought that it's one of those, wow, we thought it was going to change the world, but it's just kind of nice and helpful and different? Or Yeah, I, I mean, we're, we're certainly here and still believe it's changing the world, I think, in so, sometimes in different ways and along a different path. It's interesting because you have new programmers, individuals sometimes new to finance entirely thinking that they've invented something completely new where they've just really, you know, replicated banking. And and those things I don't think are revolutionary. And, and honestly, banking has solved a lot of problems with risk management and how to manage risk uh, that is being relearned in this industry. Uh, ultimately, the way I see it is everything drives to efficiency over time, right? And and the more that you can automate things, the more that you can take out 
you know, rent seekers in transactions, I think the more efficient technology and society gets, right? And if we can get to a point that more more people globally can participate in what tra- finance is, mm-hmm. I actually think this helps because it, it removes a lot of the brick and mortar. It, it, it removes a lot of the, the cost associated with traditional banking that really excludes a lot of populations around the world and can bring, you know, something simple like lending and borrowing to a new subset, you know, on a micro investment, on a micro lending uh, type of platform. Given all that, uh, say a year from now, what's a sort of essential alpha point transaction look like? Who's your customer? What are you doing for that uh, customer? What's the benefit uh, to them? of working with assets in this way. You know, where we're really focused on is providing more efficient hedging mechanisms for customers around the world, having our customer base allow, you know, margin trading and leverage trading. There's opportunity and risk there, but for sophisticated traders, it it lets them hedge their positions with less capital required. I think the other piece is we're going to continue to connect some of these decentralized applications into the platform so that our customers can provide interest-bearing accounts so that somebody can deposit their assets, earn interest while they're trading versus resting that you know, at an exchange or somewhere else and not receiving that benefit. It's really interesting. We as a fund have been talking about it a lot. So if you're a venture fund, folks come in and they give us money and we invest in great companies like you, but it all takes a long time. Whereas another asset classes, particularly even other alternative asset classes, there's a lot more liquidity. And so one of the things that would make venture a lot better is if there was some liquidity, even if there wasn't a lot. And when we look at tokenization and all, it looks very intriguing. And yet there are some challenges. So let's say we tokenize part of a fund and 10% of your a position with us can be tokenized if you wanted to. And then uh, on a particular day, every year, sort of like insurance open enrollment, you can make a market in that part of your position with us if you want to. That would be revolutionary in venture. I could actually be liquid every year. That's incredible. And that would be a private market. These are private investments. So we'd offer it to other investors in our fund, other investors in that company. But we couldn't offer it to everybody. The challenge comes in, well, what if those relatively small populations of a few investors here, a few investors there aren't ready to buy? And at what price? So we look around this and say, you know, somebody's going to have to be willing to make a merchant bank here in some ways that if everybody doesn't buy, they'll buy. And and their price becomes the floor price. price. And, and again, to me, when I look at that, it's like, well, that's Wall Street. <laughs> we need the same stuff over here. Yeah. They've always needed. You need market makers. You need all this stuff. And, yeah. and do you see any of that kind of thing emerging? People are trying. You know, we've actually had customers try to come into that space. I think it is tricky because it is alternative asset class. The population that's interested in participating is finite. And the biggest the biggest challenge is the transparency vacuum, right? That based on information rights, I think to to make it effective, you almost need to tokenize at the offset. That's really what the ICO, you know, security token offering, that industry, which is still nascent, it's it's kind of in its its flowering years here, where 
it is trying to solve that problem by tokenizing a company's assets or shares early uh, and making kind of that available, you know, maybe with a, a year later, depending on the right re- regulatory requirements. So it, it, it's a very real problem that different different firms are looking at. Uh, the biggest issue of taking existing portfolios is certain investors or participants know just way more information. And in early companies, you know, that information is sometimes very important, right? It might be competitive. Uh, it might be just, you know, held very close uh, to the chest by by the founders. And that's managed in a particular way. But I think with more transparency, which is what really blockchain is all about, is about providing transparency and equal playing ground. Uh, the, the STO, the security token offering market, is trying to pave the way. Project forward five years. Who are you? What's this company? What do you think the blockchain universe looks like? I see a couple different paths. I, you know, I see us partnering more and more with large enterprises and capital markets that are that are entering the space and need the know-how, need the team, the skill set. Five years from now, I think a lot more progress will have been made in the decentralized finance. I think you're going to have protocols and smart contracts that are really trustworthy for providing some of these functions that really strip away a lot of not the bureaucracy, but just the 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 rent seeking and kind of the tolls that are that are paid on a lot of finance and, and expanding the access to it globally. Success for us looks like, you know, we have marketplaces and a network worldwide providing liquidity and access to an Amazon-like experience of tokens, you know, of a variety of sorts, where customers can come in, they can purchase tokens that they can then use for utilities. You know, maybe they get ownership in a stock or a company, maybe a sector. You're going to see indexes and index funds on tokens. You're already seeing the proliferation of those. You know, so you might actually want to buy into a sector and then see that being paid out in tokens, you know, that you can reinvest, you can you can lend. Uh, so you're going to see a lot more traditional finance start to pull over. And around the five, maybe closer to seven, 10 year mark. I, I think those two things just kind of converge into one, right? And there won't be this traditional capital markets and finance space and this decentralized finance space. I think you have one financial infrastructure and market that starts to look a lot more like what we see happening in the in the decentralized finance and, and um, digital asset space. Uh, well, great to uh, see you. I think that's probably as good a note as any uh, looking into the future to end on. Thanks for the background and thanks for all you've accomplished here. It's really fascinating just to talk about and be part of. Yeah, always happy to talk about it and couldn't have done it without your support. So thank you. Great. Talk soon.